Hello, everyone. This is Rasa with a favor to ask before we start the show. If you love listening to You Must Know Everything as much as we love making it, please recommend it to a friend, family member, coworker, classmate, teacher, babysitter, anyone and everyone in your circle and beyond. Word of mouth recommendations like yours make the biggest difference. And one more thing. We now have a You Must Know Everything online store with amazing and exclusive t-shirts, hoodies, and mugs, including, of course, kid sizes. Please follow the store link on our website, youmustknoweverything.com, to check it out, show your support, and spread the love that way, too. Thanks so much, and on with the show. Salutations, Rasa. Same to you, Father. How are you today? I'm as wonderful as wonderful can be. Glad to hear it. Are you ready to know everything? Yes, I am. Let's do it. Today, I want to teach you my worry-free philosophy catchphrase. Ooh, is it a kuna matata? Close, but not quite. First, do you know what a catchphrase is? Well, isn't it a phrase that, if say there's a celebrity that always says, well, eat my cookies. Exactly. And then the person gets known for saying that. You've got it exactly right. Yes, if you're a famous person and you have a funny little saying that you become well known for, it's your catchphrase and it can spread beyond you. So I don't know who the first person to say LOL for laugh out loud or OMG for oh my gosh was, but those are obviously texting and now conversational catchphrases. There was a TV show that aired when I was a kid with a character who went, hey, and so even something as simple as hey can be a catchphrase. Huh, interesting. So are you ready for my catchphrase? I'm very excited to hear it. So, toe, not a pradu. So toe, not a pradu. So toe, not a pradu. Have you heard this before? Yes. I mean, so totally not a problem. And you keep saying it, but it never, (laughs) ever catches on. It doesn't stand only for so totally not a problem. It stands for so totally not a problem, dude. Right. (laughs) And nobody ever says that, Dad. (laughs) Well, we're going to change that. This podcast is increasingly popular, and I think people are going to start going around once they understand the amazing uses of it. Okay? So, say somebody asks you for a favor. They say, hey, Rasa, uh, I'm really late. I see you've got the skateboard. Could I borrow it to get to class a little bit faster? You could say... So to not a prod do. So to not a prod do. So totally not a problem, dude. Take it. Have fun. Go for it. It's got a little aloha vibe to it. Or say somebody bumps into you and chocolate milk spills on you. Oh, I'm so sorry, Ross. I it's picture day too. Now you're going to have chocolate milk on your school picture. What could you say? Hey. You could say hey, but even cooler would be to say so Toe, not a produ. It's so totally not a problem, dude. Don't worry about it. Hey, it happened. You can't undo it, so let's just live with it. Let's have a so toe, not a produ life. Or say someone's like, gosh, the world 
It's so overwhelming. I just don't know. I mean, should I even be ever happy? You should say, um, yeah. Yeah. And I think one way to spread that yeah spirit so it doesn't feel as harsh is so, to, na, a pra, do. Yeah, there's things going on, but we don't have to make them problems. Let's just go with the flow. It's so totally not a problem, dude. There's almost a namaste, thanks for everything vibe to that. Hmm, starting to get what you mean. I'm still pretty skeptical. Say it with me. Open your heart. Feel it. Live the life you're meant to live. The good life with me under the so totally not a problem, dude, son. Are you ready to go to that beach? Are you ready to relax? Are you ready to feel the waves lapping in? Well, I'll give it a try. So to not a pradu. So to not a pradu. Soto na 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 a pradu. I'm done saying soto na a pradu. Well, that's so to na a pradu. Are you ready for today's poem? Yes! It's called Talkativeness by Michael Earl Craig. He threw a dollar bill at her as hard as he could. It fluttered to the floor before it hit her. She wadded up a $5 bill and bounced it off his head. In the next room, I stood very close to a mirror and examined my teeth. The longer I looked at them, the more they looked completely foreign to me. Wow, I'm confused, but intrigued. Can I read it? Go ahead. Talkativeness by Michael Earl Craig. He threw a dollar bill at her as hard as he could. Fluttered to the floor before it hit her. She wadded up a $5 bill and bounced it off his head. In the next room, I stood close to a mirror and examined my teeth. The longer I looked at them, the more they looked completely foreign to me. That's right. Now, I know this poem is in some ways quite confusing. I can see that by your perplexed expression, but it's short, and I think in some ways it's quite clear. How many people are in this poem? Three. Two in one room and one in the other. Mm-hmm. What are the two in one room doing? Throwing dollar bills at each other? Which, why would you just crumple up a $5 bill? You can spend it in so many amazing ways. You can get ice cream or candy or toys. And what's happening in the other room? He's standing next to a mirror and looking at his teeth. That's right. Now, I think you are not alone in thinking this is a strange poem. But I would argue that this poem is actually about one of the most normal things possible, which is people acting without a lot of reason. I think if you look around a workplace, if you look around a school, you will see people staring into space, 
catching the reflection in an elevator or a window or a desk or a mirror and examining their teeth until they look like a foreign creature. You'll see people on a street arguing about the silliest little things at a supermarket, in a parking lot, outside of their house, at an airport. And yeah, money may not be the common thing people throw, but it could be a receipt. It could be throwing their own car keys on the ground. It could be dropping your backpack and kicking your lunchbox. If you think about it at school or what you've seen of the world, don't you notice people doing something like this every day? Well, when you put it that way, yes. Don't you ever in yourself during the course of your day sometimes wake up and go, I have to admit it, I've been stroking my eyebrow for the last seven minutes, or I've been looking under the couch and seeing how the lint looks like flowers. Uh, yeah. And so, even though we don't know what the situation that these people got in an argument is where they're throwing a dollar bill and missing or hitting (laughs) someone in the head, we don't know why the guy got stuck in front of his mirror staring. Still, that is something inside of us. That is very human. Even though almost no one ever talks about it, I think it's something that almost everyone experiences. Yep, but that's very ironic, seeing as this poem's called talkativeness. Yeah, I think it is an ironic poem. Irony means saying one thing and meaning the opposite. And this poem is saying it's about talkativeness, but really it's about the things we aren't really good at talking about. Yeah. It sets us up from the very beginning to be caught off guard, to be confused, but then ultimately, I think, to be connected. And That's what talking is, too. Yeah. And thanks to this poem, while you were talking, I wasn't just listening. I was also examining the foreign creature that may just be your teeth. Last segment of the show. Do you have a vexing question for me? Yes, I do. My vexing question is, who invented the alphabet? I've known the song since I was a little kid. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. But how did it get like that? Wow. Great question. Usually when people say these are the ABCs, it's easy. But in this case, I'm stumped. I'm going to go to the research and get back to you soon. Perfect. back, and I've got the answer to your vexing question. The first forms of writing were hieroglyphics, pictures representing whole words or syllables. About 3,500 years ago, in ancient Palestine and Syria, the Canaanite people began using separate picture symbols for individual sounds, like d, uh, g, for dog. Traders picked up those symbols and brought them to new cultures, which simplified how they were drawn and added new letters. The Greeks added vowels like A, E, and O, for example. The Romans added a small line to how they drew C and created G. Until the Middle Ages, W was written as two U's instead of being its own letter. 
hence the name, W. Soon after, I and J became separate letters, and U and V became separate letters, the same way C and G had earlier. And that's how we got to 26 letters in English today. We still honor the original Canaanites in one big way, though. Their first two letters were Aleph and Bet. Alphabet, which is how we get the word alphabet. That's so cool. Do you think we should go through the alphabet, find a letter that hasn't been used very much, add a line to it, and create a new one like G and C? I don't know how other people react, but it sounds A-OK to me. You Must Know Everything is produced by me, Jeremy Smith, and her, Rasa Smith, with awesome music by Furniture. Learn more and submit your own vexing questions at our website, youmustknoweverything.com. Subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Android, Spotify, or however you like to listen, and hear dozens of previous episodes for free. Please rate, review, and share the show with friends. And please join us next time for everything you need to know.